Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, where we tackle the challenges of raising teenagers without the drama. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Today, we're tackling a common challenge that many parents faced, how to help our teens develop a strong sense of self-worth and confidence in a world that often seems designed to chip away at it. In this episode, I'm joined by Fina, a seasoned family coach and over a decade of experience transforming family dynamics by strengthening parent-child relationships. She's here to share her expert advice to help us navigate the delicate balance between supporting our teen's self-esteem and allowing them to face life's challenges independently. Fina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yes, I love talking with you. So let's start for our audience, a quick backstory. What inspired you to start working with parents and their teenagers? Oh, yes. You know, I've um, what inspired me? So many years ago, um, I've just had a passion for teenagers just in general. I always feel that teenagers uh, have been misunderstood. I never bought into the idea that teenagers were obnoxious or I used to always advocate for teenagers, always. Yeah. It has been, it's been my thing for a long, long time. And so one of the years where I lost two of my aunties, so my mom's only two sisters died in one year. Mm. And towards the end of that year, I, just, I thought to myself and said, okay, Fina, there's more. Because I studied as a chartered accountant. I'm a chartered accountant by profession. But I thought to myself that there's more. There's more to this life than what I'm doing and what is that? What is it? What am I supposed to be doing? And I was kind of led through meditations and a lot of things I was doing to do what I what I've always done. Because I've always done it, but not right? professionally, not, you know, so and I thought, yes, and it went so well. But in the midst of coaching teenagers that I did for years, I noticed that if I really want to get the transformation that I'm hoping to get with in the lives of teenagers. I have to talk to their parents because I can say so much. I can motivate so much. I can inspire. I can empower, but then they're going to go back home. Mm-hmm. And if what they're being fed is not the right thing, then a lot of the work I've done has kind of been in vain. Yeah. And so that was how I kind of moved over to coaching parents as well. Yeah. And it has been the right mix since I started it. I, I think it's so important to point out because I know you know, in, in both of our work, the, the the teen is usually pointed at as the problem, yes. right? And I know, and just listening to you, I'm like, now I remember why I loved you so much. But it's yes. like, it is it is the miscommunication and misunderstanding between the parent and the teen Absolutely. that is often the problem. Absolutely. And one of the things, and the thing we want to talk about today is the self-esteem and confidence, which... Yeah parents are struggling with because they see their kids and they're they're saying a lot of negative self-talk. Um, I see kids now are just like, they literally just say, well, I just want to die then because I can't do it or I never do enough. And just they're losing their, you know, they get upset and parents don't know how to handle it. So let's first talk about what's going on. Why are kids losing their self-esteem and their confidence when they make get into the teen years? Yes, yes. Very, very, very good question. There are th- two things that are happening in a teen's life. The, the words they have, because I'm so big on words, mm. the words they have heard growing up, plus the development and the change that's happening in the teen's mind, in the teen's brain. Yeah. So a lot of times with the teenagers, as they're getting older, and you, you, know, you know this as well, as they're getting older, 
you know, their, their brains are developing. There's that development that's happening in the teenage brain already that is already making them question themselves. Mm-hmm. They're already questions. Okay, am I tall enough? Am I beautiful enough? Am I attractive enough? Am I this? Am I that? They're already those questions that happen naturally for any teenager. But combined with what the words they, they had growing up, so if they were very, if people, if parents and families were always criticizing them, always comparing them to people, then that mix is, is, is a, is a, is a, is a mix for disaster, is a mix for yeah. negative self-talk. Now, even if parents now have brought up kids, you know, with the right words, you know, cause many parents are always surprised that, oh, we did the right thing, but now they're the teenagers. They've done, you know, it's become something else. Yes, that is true because the teenage brain again is part of what is happening. But if we have the right words coming up, we can continue with those right words while they're struggling with the teenage brain development, and it can be a better match for them. Yeah. But a lot of the times, if you talk to teenagers, you will hear a lot of things from the background, from the childhood that has now mixed with what is going on in their brains naturally that is causing that lack of self-confidence and lack of self-esteem. Yeah. So it's it's been building. It is and been now, building. And they, now they have a story. And now when they're teenagers and they already have that belief in them, they're hearing or translating everything we say. Exactly. To confirm what they already believe. So parents exactly. are now biting at the bit going, yep. what are the right words? Because I tell my teen all the time, they're smart, they're beautiful, they're this, they're that. And they just roll their eyes and say, mom, you have to say that. Yes. So what are the right words? Yes, yeah. The right words are caught when we listen to them. That's where the right words are. The right words are caught because some teenagers, when we tell them, oh, you're pretty, oh, you're smart, oh, you're this, they just think we're just waffling, especially for moms. They just think, oh, you, you're going to say that anyway. Mm-hmm. But here's where we catch, here's where we catch teenagers. When teenagers are talking to us and we're listening or they're complaining about something and we're paying attention, and then we validate their feelings. Mm. That validation, it's, it's a big thing for their self-esteem because they think, oh, okay, so that my feeling was valid. Okay, good. The more validated feelings they have, guess what? The more they start to feel better about themselves. But one of the things that we do is as they're talking, as they're complaining of something, we go quickly to fixing. Oh, don't think that. Oh, don't worry about that. You are smart. You are this. But what we have to tackle first is the validation of that feeling. Okay, I hear you. I see that you're feeling this way. Aha. Uh-huh. Tell me more. Yeah. So you've got to, you, we've got to validate, because what teenagers are walking around with a lot of invalidated feelings. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's wrong because we've, we've said the right words, but we've missed a point there to validate the feeling. So that when the words come, when the advice comes, when the affirmation comes, it's landing on something healthy. Yeah. Because we've validated them. So that's the missing point in a, in, a, in a lot of times. Yeah. It is a big missing point. And one of the things I hear parents struggling when it comes to this, and and I mean, we repeat this over and over again, and parents it's just it's hard to implement for for a few reasons. One is it's extremely uncomfortable to see our kids feeling difficult emotions like anger and sadness. And we don't want them. We want our kids to be happy. 
And the second one is sometimes it is directed at us and we don't, we take it as disrespect. Yes. So let's deal with number one is let's deal with the discomfort of allowing our kids to feel these negative emotions. Why, why do we need to sit with that? Do you know what? I tell parents that it's okay for our teenagers to be sad sometimes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. But what we need to really, really learn to do with our teenagers is help them to navigate it. Because we can't rescue them from those emotions. Those emotions are going to come. They're going to go through moods. You know, they're going to go through these things. It's okay for our teenagers to be sad sometimes. What we can then do is help them navigate it. Okay, talk to me. I, I saw that you were feeling a bit funny, you know, a bit sad yesterday. Do you want to talk about it? And get them to be comfortable talking about their feelings without the fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Because they could be sad about one little thing. Because that thing is little to us. Because remember, our brains are already fully developed. So we can think logically through things. We can say, you know what, okay, the girl that my friend didn't call me for lunch, okay, no big deal. But for a teenager, that's a massive deal. Mm-hmm. And so when the teenager is talking about those kind of things... It's important for us to allow them to go through the emotions because they're going to, life is full of, full of ups and downs. They're still going to go through stuff. So the fact that they feel sad one day, let's not take it personal on ourselves that we need to fix it. We don't need to fix it. We just need to talk to them later on when they've come out of it because they will come out of it. We then talk to them about it so that it just helps them to be able to navigate those feelings. Because the thing is, when we're trying to rescue them every time they feel sad, they start to feel that something is wrong with them for even feeling sad in the first place. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with feeling sad. Yeah. But they just need to learn that, okay, this too shall pass. Okay, I'm going through this phase right now, but you know what? We'll get to the other side. And with that, you're helping them also build resilience because they're going to go through these moods. So let parents, and my encouragement to parents is, we don't need to rescue them. We don't need to fix it. Which is a relief. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a a relief we don't have to fix it because we don't know how. But it's also frustrating because parents don't like, you know, when when we tell parents doing less, it it feels so counterintuitive to what we're supposed to do as parents. We're supposed to do more, 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 more. It's like we need to do less, 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 (laughs) and let them through it. And I think, you know, a lot of parents will say, well, I want to listen. They won't talk to me. Why do a lot of teens stop talking to their parents, especially about difficult things? Yes. Guess what? They've tested it before. They've tested it before. It did not work. They got judged. They got criticized or they even got dismissed. They've all tested it before because I, I, we work with teenagers. They've, uh, they've, they've spoken before. They've shared a small thing before. The reaction they got from that small thing shut them down. So what we now need to do is go back to the drawing table and ask our teenagers, how do you know I'm listening to you? How do you know I'm listening to you? Because they're going to come up with different things. My daughter said I listen to her. When she sees me that I'm really nodding my head, she knows I'm listening. My son said, oh, when I say back what he has said, when I reiterate what he has said, he understands that I'm listening. So of course, when I'm speaking to my daughter, because I now know this information from them. I'm really paying attention, probably even nodding my head more than I should, but I'm doing, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm doing that. I'm doing that more. Yeah. So I would encourage parents. It's okay. 
I know I can see the frustration of the children not coming to them to say everything. And our kids are not going to tell us everything. My kids don't tell me everything. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm very okay with that. But they will come to tell me the things that they know that they need to tell me. They tell me a lot, but I know in my mind that they probably don't tell me all. And that's okay because they're they're getting older. This is their independence that they're seeking, that autonomy that they're seeking. So talk about the listening part. Catch what they're saying about listening and then start to do what they say more. Yeah. And you will see them come up to you for more and more things and share more and more things. Very important. I think too, when we let go of the need to fix it, we can yes. get out of our minds, which our minds are always going to, how do I fix yes. this? How do I fix this? Yes. And go into that curiosity mode of let me understand what's going on and what yes. they're feeling. Because they mm-hmm. might not even know what they're feeling. How do I help them label that and go through it? Absolutely. Absolutely. They so may not even have the, the words to, to right. articulate. Yeah. And it feels so big. And so then when they know they can trust us to share that without being invalidated, without being judged for it, they'll share with us more. And it's that big step. That's it. So let me go to the another reason that I see parents shut kids down and and give them the wrong message Mm. is when we read their emotion dysregulation, typically anger, Mm. as disrespect. Yes. And we respond in kind. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about this and what we're accidentally doing. Yes. <laughs> so what I tell, what I, so something I want to share with parents is we've got to, when our children get to the teenage years, we've got to reflect back to our teenage years. Because a lot of times, parents, we tend to forget. We need to reflect back to, under, to go back to our teenage self. So I go back to my 13-year-old self and I say, okay. How did Fina want to be heard? Hmm. How did I want to be heard? How did I want the adults around me to treat me? And I'm sure the adults will be thinking because a lot of times when we were growing up, the way we grew up, and I and I'm, I know I'm generalizing this, but we can even see it in many social media posts. Many adults are talking about their childhood. The way we grew up is very different from mm-hmm. today's growing up, very different. And as adults, intentional parents, we've got to learn how to separate them without feeling judged or without thinking we're disloyal to our parents. Because what happens a lot of times, parents are fighting back in themselves with what was okay when they were kids and what is okay now. So a teenager gets angry with us now and we're thinking, oh my, how dare you speak to me that that way? I would have been killed if I had done that. Exactly. We go back to that. I would have never gotten away with it. So that gap of us never getting away with it and today is what is the big conflict. Okay. Your teenager is upset. Okay. I, 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 I will hold that upset. I won't even talk back to the teenager in that moment. I'll say, okay, I can see that you're not really in the right mood to talk. Let's talk about this later. Let me, how, how can I help? After everything has calmed down, that's when we go back now to talk to our teenagers about that reaction. And we use the I statements. I felt, I felt hurt when you spoke in that manner. I'd love next time, do you get upset? That's okay. Being upset is not a, it's not a problem, but be mindful of what you say. So instead of saying this, I'd rather you say this, this, this. You give them the alternative mm. because many teenagers don't know. They're just expressing their emotions. So it's at a later time that you correct them 
and give them the right tools of what to do next time when they're upset. But a lot of times what we do is we attack that upset right there. How dare you talk to me? You just, okay, go to your room. Okay, get out of here. Okay, do, do. Nobody has learned anything in that process. No. No one has learned. So what we do is absorb it, knowing that it's a lack of skill, not a, it's not a disrespect. Right. It's a lack of skill. When you can understand that it's a lack of skill, you will take it more. And you won't even take it personal, but you'll be able to hold it for them. Wait till a later time and then come and address this. And don't say, oh, you made me angry. You made me hurt. No, just say, I felt. Mm-hmm. I, I, the other day, one, one, so my son, I remember some years ago, I said, ouch. Ooh, that, ah, I felt hurt. Ow, that hurts. Yeah. And then I talked about it. But I always make sure I give them the alternative of what to do next time. Because there's going to be a next time. It's about the learning. And I think, how does this different response, how does that feed into their self-esteem and confidence? So much. That's, that's, that's the pinnacle of it. Because what you've done there is you've taken away any kind of criticisms. You've taken away any kind of judgments. You've taken away that. So they don't see it as we're blaming them for their anger. We're blaming them for that. They don't see that. They now see the lesson clearly. And that lesson increases their self-worth. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? The lesson increases their self-worth. And we avoid, another thing we do is we avoid going back to the past mistakes they made. Oh, that's the same way you did it yesterday. The same way you did it two weeks ago. No. Yeah. We need them on this self-esteem journey. Yeah. It's It's going to take patience. And it's going to take, a, it's an ongoing process as well. It's an ongoing process. But if we can do this, then you're feeding into, and that's what I love about it, because it's not just that we are biting our, our lips and saying, okay, we're not going to talk in the moment. There are many lessons being learned in the process. If we can really sit down and do it well. Yeah. Because I have many parents that say, oh, I need my child to be, have more confidence. I need my child to be more, you know, so, but they're not connecting the self-confidence and the self-esteem to the times where they have conflicts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, so this, this is where I think parents are struggling too, because, you know, I can hear several of them in my head right now, which is what yes. I do all the time with yes. when I'm, when I'm talking with people. Yes. So how do you balance this child who is aggressive and saying things and even swearing at you because they're upset I don't want to build that esteem and say that's okay mm. to be that way. So mm. I need to shut that down because yes. that's that's not what I want to affirm. Exactly. So how do I how do I associate that with building confidence? Like yes. I, I don't want that to yes. be confident, <laughs> right? You, we've got to we've got to we've got to understand that it's not about us. Mm. That's one thing we have to understand because their feelings, the aggression is not about us. It's about them having, not having the skills. And we have to check ourselves. Hmm. We have to check in ourselves. What are we modeling to them? How are we reacting to things that are going on in our homes? Even if it hasn't got nothing to do with a teenager, how are we, how are we reacting to our boss on the phone? or to a relative, or to our parents, just in the ears of our teenagers. Our teenagers are at home, either watching stuff or doing stuff. They can hear how we are reacting to other people on the phone, in person, with our partners. They see all that. Yeah. 
So when they then come and display anger and aggression, we need to really do a self-check. And, you know, a compassionate, self-compassionate self-check and mm-hmm. just check, okay. You know, because sometimes we're in a calm mode right now. The child is in, an, in a very angry mode. We forget that we were just in an angry mode two days ago. Yeah. They've learned it from what they've seen in the environment. And it's, I, I say this without passing judgment to any parents um, because I'm very, very mindful of that. But I want parents to really parent their teenagers with a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. They didn't get it from nowhere. They got it from somewhere. And it could even be that they got it from school. It could be. Yeah. But that's where we then have those conversations. When you can rule out yourself in the mix, then you can have those conversations. I remember some time ago when my, my son was up, um, rude to me, I told him afterwards, I said, you know what? I, I would never be that rude to you. I don't, I've never, I've never heard myself be that rude to you. Just thought to let you know. I was, yeah, yeah. I would never be that. And then I left. And then later on he came and he said, mom, you know what? I was thinking about what you said. I'm really sorry. And I said, oh yeah, apologies accepted. But the, you see, the thing is, if we can get our teenagers to reflect, yeah. well, of course we have to reflect too, but if we can get our teenagers to reflect, the, the transformation is there. The transformation is actually in their self-reflection. I, I often actually, and parents will even tell me their kids will apologize later and feel really bad. I think what we often fail to do is accept that apology. Yes, yes, exactly. And allow them to redeem themselves. Yes, We're just like, you know, and it's yes. like that right there too is giving them that ability. Because, man, there's times where I need to ask forgiveness of, from my child. Of course. Of right? Course. Which is also really important when we of do course. that and we allow ourselves to do that. There's one more thing we have to talk about when it yes. comes to self-esteem. Yes. Social media. Mm. I think we want to put a lot of the blame and maybe mm-hmm. deserve a lot of the blame of social media. Yeah. What, yeah. what, part does social media play and how do we control that or how do we impact that? It's funny because I have a post that I'm sharing today on influence. And I I started it with saying that social media is not actually the biggest influence in our children's lives. It's actually not. We we, we are the biggest influence. So the thing about social media is social media gives us, um, it gives us a way out. You know, I come back from work, I'm a bit tired, I go on social media. There's a there's a thing that you get from social media. And as adults, then we learn how to control the time that we spend on it, the, the, you know, the, what we get from it. Because teenagers, and I shared this on the, on the workshop I was doing where teenagers are not addicted to social media. What they're addicted to is what they're getting from it. So the fun, the joy, if it's playing games, the, the, in, the relationship with the people they're playing with. Um, so it's just that social media is the medium for it. Yeah. Yeah. So for us to be able to understand that social media can have a, an influence is when there's no influence in the home. Yeah. So we need to protect our influence that we have with them. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Because what happens is when there's a gap between our influence and their, and their lives, then they're going to look for social media. Mm-hmm. They're going to get it in social media. They're going to get it with the, the, the people that they love and the people that they lo- love to watch. They're going to get it there. But I think as parents, we should learn how to not be threatened by social media. Let's not be threatened by social media. Recognize your influence. You've, you've come a long way, every parent that's watching this. You've come a long way. You've put a lot of work into this. Don't let self-doubt on your influence. 
Instead, what we now need to do is keep building that influence by changing up how we're parenting our teenagers. Because if we don't, yes, social media will take over. The internet will take over. So it's going to be on us. But in general terms, we have bigger influence on on the teenagers than we realize. I think this is so important because when we put all of the blame and all of the focus on social media, which we don't have control and now we're just arguing and fighting with them about it. Exactly. We end up missing the bigger piece of it, yes, which is what we can control. And we also, we're, and I was telling parents yesterday in our, in my group that we're not going to win if we're fighting against social media. We're Definitely. not going to win because with their technology, because that's their friendships, that's yes. their enjoyment, that's their passions. Exactly. And if we make them decide between us and them, and we're <laughs> judging and criticizing and taking away the stuff they love, yep. well, we're not winning that one. No, not at all. So how do we, I think it's so important it, uh, to accept it and have that influence so we can help them be resilient to yes. what they do and smart about what they see online. Yes. Because yes. we're and not talk we're, about it. Yes. And, and talk about it. Instead of instead of demonizing social media. Oh, that social media is doing this. Don't complain about it. Still, you know what? Let's all learn together. You know, sometimes when I see myself spend so much time on social media, I share it with my daughter. I said, Oh my word, do you know what? Today I saw my time on I saw my time on Instagram. What was I doing on Instagram for all these hours? You know, you just talk about it normally, you know, and then you talk about the benefits of social media. So the, the, the more we can share those things about social media, both the benefits and the time that we have spent that we're looking, oh no, I've got to readjust my time. It helps them readjust their yeah. time as well. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. My my daughter follows me on social media because I'm trying to build it. I'm so uncomfortable on it, right? And yeah. trying to build it. Yeah. And she'll come to me and say, Mom, I noticed you didn't post today. What's uh-huh. going on? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need help with your social media? I'm like, yes, I'm so frustrated. Yes. You know, and it's just funny because that they know that world better than we do. Yes. Yes. And being able to navigate that world actually builds their confidence, being totally. able to help us with totally. that. Like she has so much, even today I was trying to film something and I was just messing up and she's like, mom, do you need me to cheer you on? Yes. Do you need my help with this? And it's yes. like, that gives them, yes. and it gives us connection. So yes. I, I love this. Yeah. You know, it, it is about turning, turning it around. So, you know, what is one thing, a big takeaway that you want parents to walk away with? from this episode? Do you know what? I, I From this episode, what I would want parents to really walk away with is knowing not to take things personal. Mm-hmm. This phase will pass. Yeah. For every parent that's watching this, this phase will pass. But what we do in this phase matters a lot. It's the foundation to their adult life. Yeah. This phase will pass. Don't take it personal. Yeah. Seek help. Don't be embarrassed to seek help. Honestly, this phase will pass. And what is one action item they can do right now mm-hmm. to start helping their children build that confidence and self-esteem? I would say, please go and ask your child or your teenagers, how do they know you're listening to them? Mm. And let them share with you what signs, what things they see about you when you're listening to them. And then you tell them, you say, you know what? I'm sorry, I've not really paid a lot of attention in the past. I'm going to do something different this time around. Thanks for sharing this with me. I'm going to now listen more. If we do that, 
That is such a big one. And even if they say you don't listen to me, yes. that is great feedback. It's beautiful. That feedback. is really good feedback. Yes. And don't you, defend it. Don't defend no. that. When they tell you that, no. don't defend that. Tell them to tell you more. How can yeah. I listen to you more? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. Fina, how can people find you? Yes, I'm on Instagram. A lot, I do a lot on Instagram at Parenting Teen Solutions. Um, I've also got my page at Fina Chichi. Uh, that, there I share on parenting, family stuff, um, fates, and all that. But, but the Parenting Teen Solutions is exclusively um, for parenting teens. I'm also on YouTube, trying to build that up um, at Parenting Teen Solutions and Facebook as well um, at Parenting Teen Solutions. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Fina. I really, You're really welcome. appreciate you joining us today. You're welcome, Dr. Kam. It's been a beautiful, beautiful time talking with you. Always. Thank you. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you too. If you found this episode a lightning, take a quick second to click the follow button, then forward it to a friend. Until next time, stay curious. Remember, there's always more to the story than what you see. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss a single episode and share the love by passing this on to a friend. Until next time, keep making a positive impact in your teen's life.